You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All of you Foxborough faithful, you are now locked into the Locked On Patriots podcast. It is a new dawn, a new day, and a new month here on the pod. Monday, March 1st, 2021. And it just so happens to be a hashtag Locked On Murph Monday here on your daily home for news notes and analysis. Infused with the occasional opinion on your six-time Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots. Today's episode of Locked On Patriots is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. Greetings and salutations, Patriots Nation. And thank you for kicking off yet another week with me right here on Locked On Patriots. My name is Mike DeBate, your host of the Locked On Patriots podcast, which of course is a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, because it's your team every day, that means your questions, comments, and feedback are always welcomed and very much appreciated. Share that feedback, send it to the internet by reaching out to me and following me on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. And while you're out there searching for your Monday muse on that Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. Pats fans, today we kick off a new month on a Monday. And as you know here on Locked On Patriots, Mondays are doubly important. Because not only is it Mock Draft Monday, it is also hashtag Locked On Murph Monday. My good buddy, the Green King of Sting is back himself. Thomas Murphy joins me here today on the hot seat. And Murph and I will kick off our discussion today with the latest news on Julian Edelman. Over the weekend, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reported that although Julian is making every effort to come back in 2021, there is still some uncertainty as to whether or not his knee injury will allow him to do so. If for any reason Julian is unable to return to the Patriots this season, what does that mean for the Patriots' offseason plans? We know for certain it will affect their plans at wide receiver, but could it have a further ripple effect? Well, Murph and I will discuss that. We'll also discuss the Patriots' plans at the quarterback position, and over the weekend, WEEI's Gary Tangway had a pretty interesting take on whether or not the Patriots would entertain bringing in current Jaguars quarterback Gardner Minshew. And I thought Gary made a pretty compelling case. So compelling that I'm going to ask my man Murph his opinion on this. Especially because Murph was one of the first people that I saw beating the drum about Minshew coming here to New England. Was Murph as impressed by Gary's argument as I was over the weekend? Well, folks, we'll discuss that one too. But fear not, for all of you tuning in for some Mock Draft Monday content, we definitely have you covered. Again, if you've listened the past couple of weeks, you'll know Murph and I don't mock the draft, we muse the draft. And today we're going to discuss whether or not the Patriots would consider the defensive backfield as their top priority early on in the draft. And I know, what I just said made you all simultaneously scream at the device you're listening to this podcast on right now and saying, absolutely not. We need offense. How could you even bring that up? Well, the old saying goes, folks, don't shoot the messenger. Over the weekend, my colleagues at thedraftnetwork.com actually had the Patriots picking a cornerback, and they had them doing so at pick number 15. But do Murph and I agree with that? And last but not least, if the Patriots do use early round draft capital to upgrade the defensive backfield, who has caught Murph's green sharp eye as we head toward the 2021 NFL Draft next month? Pats fans, an action-packed agenda today on the pod. 
Always an honor, always a blast when my man Murph joins me on the microphone. And in just a minute, we will kick off this hashtag Locked On Murph Monday and also this Mock Draft Monday right here on the Locked On Patriots podcast. But first, there is a little Patriots news to share with all of you out there, and this news comes courtesy of NBC Sports' Peter King, who reported on Monday that, in anticipation of opening the league year on March 17th, the NFL schedulers and the TV partners are working under the assumption that there will be a 17-game schedule in 2021. And as a result, they're telling everybody to be ready for one more regular season game this year. Now, because the Patriots and all the other 31 NFL teams have already had their 16-game opponent slate released, it would be logical to assume that this game would be against an opponent that's not already on your schedule for 2021. And that's apparently what they've done here. They're using the 2019 regular season as a basis, which means that the members of the AFC East would face the members of the NFC East. King's report went on to say that the AFC East, as all other divisions, will therefore host their counterpart NFC East teams that finished in the same exact spot in the standings last season. That means, folks, that your New England Patriots will be hosting the Dallas Cowboys. The Patriots finished third in the AFC East, the Cowboys finished third in the NFC East. To put things a little more in perspective, the Buffalo Bills will be hosting the Washington football team, the Miami Dolphins will be hosting the New York Giants, and the New York Jets will host the Philadelphia Eagles. Bottom line, what this means for the Patriots and the other three members of the AFC East is that they'll be playing nine regular season home games as opposed to playing eight on the road. And one extra home game at Gillette Stadium is better than having to play one more on the road, but if you look at it, it's really not making much of a difference from a division or a conference-wide perspective because ultimately every AFC team right now will enjoy that same advantage. All of them are going to be playing one more game at home. And as we look at things right now, this game could be a little more intriguing than people think. Dallas had a subpar year last year without any question, but that was really largely in part to Dak Prescott spending the rest of the season on the shelf. If, in fact, Dallas decides to bring Dak Prescott back for 2021, he is expected to be back on the field and their starting quarterback. But even if the Cowboys don't bring back Dak, kind of like the way that sounded. Anyway, folks, sorry, getting distracted. Let's get back on track. If Prescott doesn't return to Big D, Dallas has been heavily mentioned in rumors for both Deshaun Watson and possibly Russell Wilson. So even if it's not Dak Prescott coming to Foxborough next year, it could be either Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. In any case, this one should be an entertaining contest. And even though this hasn't been officially confirmed by the league, it is looking like a very strong possibility that the Dallas Cowboys will be coming to town here in Foxborough in 2021. But who exactly will be wearing Patriot blue during that contest? Well, to help me answer that question and more is my good friend, the Count of Murphy Fisto himself, Thomas Murphy, will join me here on the hot seat on this hashtag Locked On Murph Monday slash Mock Draft Monday when the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. But first, Locked On listeners, football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. And you know that equivalent to the NFL hot stove? It gets hotter and hotter by the minute. When you want to put your prognostication skills to the test, there is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. BetOnline.ag BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. But BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. 
They give you real-time, updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Simply put, BetOnline has you covered for all the news, all the scores, and all the odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head over to the website, BetOnline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in on the action. Visit BetOnline.ag today, sign up, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Locked On listeners, we're covering everything you need to know about the New England Patriots, but what about the rest of sports? Well, now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. Hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Patriots fans, they say March comes in like a lion, but here today on Locked On Patriots, it's coming in like a monster. And I mean our very own monster. It is the 1st of March, but it's also Monday, so you know what that means. That's right, everybody. It's that time again. Your favorite and mine, my benefactor in this business, the only guest on this pod with his very own branded hashtag, the Count of Murphy Fisto himself, the legendary Thomas Murphy, is back for his weekly appearance here on Locked On Patriots. Thank you for coming to me in friendship and for joining me today, Don Murph. I couldn't think of a better better place to be on a Monday, you know? I, I just can't. I've tried. <laughs> don't Don't get me wrong. I've tried. But um, uh, <laughs> no. Thanks for having me back, man. It's it's always a pleasure to bat lead off for Locked On Patriots. Absolutely, bud. You know what? We couldn't think of a better place for you to be. Well, that's not entirely accurate. We could think of a lot of better places that I'm sure you'd rather be. But for us, this is the ultimate. This is exactly what we want each and every week. And uh, you always bring it. And it's always my honor to share the microphone with you anytime we do. But most of all, on a Monday here on Locked On Patriots. And but again, we never have a shortage of things to talk about. It, folks, no. it is Mock Draft Monday. And, uh, you know, don't forget, Murph and I don't mock the draft. No mocking here. No. Uh, we will be musing the draft today, after all. And uh, we will have an interesting draft discussion today for certain. I'm sure one that will cause a few heads in the fan base to spin a little bit. But you know what? That's why we're here. Variety is the spice of life, offering all different opinions on football and especially on your New England Patriots. But... First, bud, we start with the news of the day, the news of the weekend, uh, broke kind of at the tail end of the weekend, and we started to get, you know, trickle-in opinions on this all throughout the weekend, and we heard reports about the potential return of Julian Edelman. Um, That's a subject we've spoken about here several times on the pod. According to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, Julian's return is still kind of up in the air at the moment, and... He's still rehabbing, trying to work back from the knee injury that he had in the offseason or during the regular season, and he's still rehabbing this offseason to try to get back. And all accounts are that he wants to play in 2021. Uh, he's motivated to, and he wants to get back on the field. But the question now is whether he'll be healthy enough to do that. That really does remain in question right now. And according to Ian's report, there's been no decision yet on his future. Murph, it's obvious that the Patriots' wide receiver core would be better with Julian in the lineup. I don't think there's anyone questioning that. They desperately missed his savvy, his abilities on the field in 2021. In 2020, excuse me. And 
if he can't go for any reason to start the season, we know Julian's a warrior. We know he's going to want back on that field. But if he can't go, what type of impact do you think this is going to have on the Patriots offseason plans? Um, a huge one. Um, if, if Jules can't go, and this is something that I've been preparing people for for quite a long time, I've been telling folks, you know, arthritis does not get better. Um, he may be able to squeak out another year or so, depending on, on how things look. And, and, and folks, I'm not, I'm not saying that he has arthritis. It's just a feeling. And, uh, but, and when you start hearing about bone on bone, it's, it's, it it goes hand in hand, um, with, with the, uh, with the, the latter. And it's, it's going to be something that, that is, is, going to change the way that Bill looks at a lot of different things, especially at the top of this draft, and as to whether or not he may have gone for this wide receiver early in the draft, and and when I say early, I mean first, second, third round, um, as opposed to that one. Uh, It's going to change thinking when when the Patriots... uh, number is called and and how they're thinking about what's going on because I'm telling you right now they don't want to be caught with their pants down again like they did with Rob Gronkowski when Gronk was uh basically dragging his feet and screwing up everything that he possibly could for the Patriots uh whether it was intentionally or unintentionally a year or two ago yeah, without question. And, uh, you know, it's a void when you're missing your number one slot receiver, your number one receiver really in all yeah. aspects of what you do on the field. Say what you will about Julian Edelman, whether he's lost a step, whether he hasn't, he still has tremendous field awareness. One of the best, yep. uh, you know, in the game uh, when he was at his peak at being aware of where he was on the field, knowing where the markers were, uh, knowing what yardage he needed for a first down. Julian is so, so good at that. And a lot of wide receivers in the NFL are. I don't mean to make it sound like that he's head and shoulders above everyone else, but let's face it. I mean, in, Julian no, was but such in a this big system part. And working with Tom the way he did over the years, um, I, I can't think of many receivers that were more important to an organization than um, than Julian Edelman has been over the past five to eight years here. Without question. Absolutely. No argument here on this end. I've sung Julian's praises since the day I took over the microphone here. I'm locked on Patriots and I will continue right. to do so. Um, this is a situation also where you're missing his savvy. You're missing that tenacity, that competitiveness, just his ability to never the say attitude. die and to keep going. That attitude is it's infectious. And if you're going to rely on a young wide receiver being drafted early on to be able to take that mantra, that's a lot to put on a wide receiver no matter what and really is Keel Harry had struggle with the spotlight that he's been given here in New England now a lot of people will knock Nikhil for that but it's a difficult thing to put on the shoulders of a young wide receiver and we'll see we'll see what happens but uh no question about it everybody's wishing Julian the best and we hope he's going to be back and better than ever in 2021 but again bud we always appreciate your insight on exactly what will happen and I wholeheartedly agree with you that this will be a huge impact on the Patriots offseason plans but the Patriots offseason plans Murph do include the quarterback position and I know we talk a lot of quarterbacks here on Locked On Patriots but it is a major question for the Pats in the offseason and over the weekend 
a name that I haven't mentioned much here on Locked On Patriots, but you've been mentioning quite often, is that of Gardner Minshew of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And again, over the weekend, Gary Tangway of WEEI uh, wrote, I thought, a very convincing piece uh, for WEEI.com. Also took to the airwaves on Sunday to talk about this. And once again, I really I was very intrigued by what Gary had to say and really kind of gave me a second thought on things that you've been dropping into my head right along, really since the season ended. Um, on the field, Minshew, accurate, efficient, two qualities that Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels absolutely love in their quarterbacks. In the right system, I think it could get even better in that department. Financially, the Patriots would have to spend very little and likely wouldn't have to submit a ton of draft capital to get this done. So, Murph, this is making a lot of sense to me. So I thank Gary for bringing it to the forefront again this weekend, but you've been on the Minshew bandwagon right along. In your opinion, why is this a good fit for the Patriots? Yeah, everybody, welcome to my fiendish plot of Gardner Minshew. Um, This has been really taking off over the past couple of weeks. Uh, People are looking at, at the contracts of the the quarterbacks that they're thinking about bringing in and saying, ah, hold on, wait a minute, I don't know, so-and-so's worth $20 million with all those bonuses and this, that, and the other thing. And and we've got so many holes to fill. There's no way in hell I'm giving up you know, two first round, uh, a first round pick and another swap and, you know, and, and three sponges for this guy. And, and, you know, it's just not sponge worthy. Uh, Gardner Minshew is sponge worthy people. And he would fit in here amazingly. I'm talking all we'd have to give up is a fourth round pick for a guy that has, you know, all the tools in his bag. The, the, the only drawback to him is where he's had to play and who's been coaching him and this is a this is a man that that throws people open he 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 hits spots he works the entire field he does not throw interceptions he takes care of the ball it's just with with what Josh wants to do i think gardner is is more of um more of a prototype that that Josh could work with than just about anybody else in the NFL who isn't named Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, in a lot of ways, you make really, really good points on, on Minshew. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Are you still going? Keep going, buddy. No, no, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. go ahead. Please cut me off before I get stupid. Uh, <laughs> not even not even possible if anything you can cut me off before i get stupid but bottom line i mean you look at what uh the affordability is and gary pointed this out in his column very well you've also pointed this out to me 1.815 million over the next two yeah. seasons not just one season but two seasons that's a great point to make and bill belichick is definitely going to love the production value as opposed to what he needs to give up in order to be able to get gardner Minshew here all of a sudden, that's looking pretty good. Uh, then you look at what he's able to do on the field. And 2019 comes in, throws 21 touchdown passes, only six picks in 14 games, essentially as a rookie, and coming in and being able to lead a Jaguars team that a lot of people had just left out in the lurch for a lot of uh, uh, you know the, uh, the season. Most people didn't expect much from them. Um, but uh, he's... His locker room presence, from what we hear, is something that you know does attract you know fans. Uh, well, fans, uh, yep. yeah, definitely fans, but attract his teammates, uh, you know, to him as well. 
2020 had 19 touchdown passes, five interceptions, only in nine games. Obviously, he had the thumb injury, and then Doug Marone right. continued to go to Mike Glennon after that. Really just mm-hmm. not a lot of sense into why he kept him off the field. But this is someone that's not going to uh, command a lot of draft capital to get. Uh, he's someone that does show a great deal of accuracy. He's not an interception machine, holds on to the football. These are qualities that will endear him to a Bill Belichick Josh McDaniels offensive scheme and if it's not going to be cam and if it's not going to be one of the pie in the sky options which again folks please we really want to remind you to try to take these out of your head Russell Wilson Deshaun Watson it's just not happening here Um, and this may actually be one of the better options this is their doable if they decide that cam Newton can't do it yeah absolutely this is this is totally doable. This 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 is a deal that can be pulled off. They have the number one pick. They're going to have Joe Burrow. It, yes, it's nice to have a, a backup quarterback that you're only paying one point eight million dollars to, but you can find another backup quarterback to do that and 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 go out and get yourself a, an extra draft pick that this team definitely needs. And it's and I'm talking a a late third, early fourth round pick and we can bring this kid in here. He's he's got it all. He he oh, I I really like him. I've I've liked him, you know, I I actually mocked him. I didn't mock him. I he was on my wish list the year that he came out that the Patriots would take him. They didn't, you know, and, and, you know, end of story. That's, that's fine. That's the way things were going. It wasn't working out that way uh, for him to come in here and be able to do what he's, he's been able to do. He's gone down there. He's shown that he can play in this league. He's gained experience. Bring him, bring him, please. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, when you have the personality, you have the wherewithal, you have uh, the battle-tested mental aspect of your game, you combine that with a lot of physical attributes that really fit well into the Patriots system. Again, all of a sudden, Gardner Minshew really, really looking good. So, uh, Tanger, I want to thank Tanger for uh, for bringing this out there. Uh, uh, you know, definitely good to have him back on the Patriots, uh, uh, you know, side of things and looking into these things. But I really want to defer to you on this, buddy, because you've been on this, like I said, really from the moment the season ended, uh, way back in early January. This was someone's name that you kept uh, beating out there once we yep. knew that uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars would hold the number one pick in the draft. Uh, you really had, uh, uh, you know, Minshew on your radar. So thank you for making that case. And uh, I think you kind of made a believer out of me too. So this might end up being something good for the Patriots heading down the pike. You know, bud, it's always, always fun when you come and you join me here on the uh, uh, on the microphone. And I hope that you're all enjoying folks. Murph putting the day back in your Monday. And in just a moment, It will become Mock Draft Monday. But remember, folks, Murph does not mock the draft. He does not insult the draft. This man does not insult the draft. (laughs) Oh, Murph, if I'm being honest, maybe insulted the draft a little bit. You know, insulted insulted him a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. But all kidding aside, folks, (laughs) Murph and I will muse the draft here on this Monday, the first day of March, when the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. Locked On listeners, you've often heard the phrase, often imitated, but never duplicated. And the only ones who could provide the best, healthy, low-calorie, and delicious treats to satisfy all of your snacking needs are the ones who provided the best in the first place. Built Bar. Folks, I am a fan of every product Built Bar puts out because no one can do it like they do it. 
100% real chocolate, soft, easy to chew, and Built Bar is not only low calorie and low sugar, but it's also high protein and high fiber. Great for all of you following the keto lifestyle. Built Bar has no crazy additives, half the calories of its most popular competitors, and get this, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. All the mouth-watering flavors you know and love like peanut butter brownie, banana bread, salted caramel chocolate, lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp, and I'm just naming a few. So prepare your taste buds for wow and make Built Bar your go-to protein bar right now. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the new promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. Don't delay, do it today. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's new promo code LOCKEDON20 at BuiltBar.com. Locked On listeners, NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, every team, and every move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Patriots fans, it is hashtag Locked On Murph Monday here on Locked On Patriots and Murph. The NFL draft is next month. I don't know about you, but I love saying that. <laughs> I love the fact that the draft right. is next month. It's the tail end of April, but it is next month. And it's an exciting time for NFL fans. This is going to be an important draft, especially for the New England Patriots. There's a lot of areas on this roster that are, quote, designated for improvement. And the Pats have some big decisions to make. Now, a lot of the fans out there are clamoring for the offensive upgrades. And I can understand it. I fully, fully understand it. The Patriots need it. Uh, we've talked about quarterbacks. Last week, we talked a lot of offensive line. Uh, we even talked about the defensive line and the edge rush positions. But one area we've yet to talk about is the secondary. Now, most Patriots fans, most media members alike would argue that the secondary is pretty stacked for 2021. Maybe the deepest area on this roster. But I think is that it? might be a little bit of fool's gold. Um, is it really? Patriots, yeah, exactly. And I'll get into that in a, in a second. The Patriots have a solid core under contract for 2021. You look at the names up and down these lists, and you're like, okay, well, cornerback, safety, they're pretty stacked at these positions. But there is some question, and it really begins with Stephon Gilmore, who I still think could be on the move. I wouldn't be in favor of moving him, but he still could be on the move. The Patriots may look at one year left on his deal and say this is the time to be able to maximize that and get something for him. There's also still some question as to whether or not J.C. Jackson might be ready to be your starting shutdown corner of the future. Again, all the potential in the world, I have faith in him, but we saw him struggle a little in 2020 when that type of responsibility was put on his shoulders. And the depth pieces right now, there's question marks there, too. So when you look at the cornerback position, maybe it's not as stacked, especially for the future, as some would have you believe. Murph, the collective heads of Patriots fans are going to explode if the hoodie takes a corner in the first round of the draft. It's just the <laughs> nature of the way things go. But our friends over at the Draft Network are kind of like-minded with us. Uh, they recently had the Pats taking that pledge. 
my locked on colleague Trevor Sycamore, who I respect, you know, to the highest degree when it comes to draft analysis, yep. uh, as well as TDN's Dre Harris, who I also have a ton of respect for, they both mused the Patriots selecting cornerback J.C. Horn uh, out of South Carolina at number 15. Murph, could you see the Patriots making this move? And do you believe Horn would be the right fit in the Foxborough secondary? Just to piss me off, yes, I could see Bill taking this, making this move. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I also see him him not doing it. Bill has had such a good record at bringing these defensive backs in late, bringing in the undrafted free agents at these at these positions. Um, that I don't, I, I'm not gonna put a rubber stamp on it and say that he has to do it, even though he could go for it. I don't see it happening in the first round. Um, and I don't see it happening with the, you know, I'm sorry, Steve, uh, shout out to my man, Steve Balistrieri, who, who just loves South Carolina and, uh, everything that's going on there. But I don't see JC Horn as the man that's going to do to come in here with a first round pick. And that's, that's where he's going to go now. Uh, there's a lot of people mocking him up it, it, as high as 10 to Dallas. And I, I really don't see that happening with the Patriots this year. This kid is a, is, he's a fine ball player. He has really shot up uh, a lot of draft boards. As you can see, I, it was, it was just two months ago that, that, you know, JC was in, um, like late second round consideration. Um, and, and that's where I would see the Patriots trying to bolster this um, um, aging. I, I don't want to say aging across, but aging can be in two different ways. It can be in, in your date of birth, and it can also be in the age of your contract and how and where people sit right there. And I really don't see them going that, that way early uh with so many other holes to fill when they can just say you know I, i'm gonna put a third round tender or a second round tender here and we're, we're gonna work out something with gilmore even though he's not on the death chart right now um and 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 just wait and see i also think that that safety might actually be a bigger need than um than cornerback right now uh, considering the age of the of of the back end of the safety group, shout out to uh, to Evan Lazar uh, for for mentioning that on his show this week. And it's 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 something that that needs to be addressed, but I'm not sure that it's going to be addressed uh, early as to what most people consider early, and that's a first or a second round pick. Good points. Yeah, very good points. And I'm like-minded. I, there, there's that. guys later. There, there's just guys later. You know, yeah. the, the great Asante Samuels kid is coming out this year. He'll be there in the second round. Um, Sean Wade out of Ohio State is, is a kid that I like. Thomas Graham Jr. And then there's the two kids out of Georgia, and we all know how much Bill likes Georgia these days. Uh, Taysen Campbell, uh, he's, a, he's a really good uh, prospect. And then Eric Stokes. I really like him. Yeah, Stokes could be an interesting uh, prospect. Right now, he's ranked fourth among uh, cornerbacks on uh, the DraftNetwork.com. Right. And uh, obviously, Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech, Patrick Sertain. Right. I, I you know, I'm not amazing. even bringing up those names. I'm, I'm, they're, they're I'm going not... through. <laughs> no, and they won't be there. They're they're consensus. Yeah. You know, top ten maybe. You know, and and that 
is something that I don't think the Patriots would find them there uh, for their liking at number 15. If Sertan's Uh, there, take him. I'm not going to be upset. (laughs) Yeah, and I I don't think Sertain will be there. But uh, how old does it make you feel now that we're talking about Patrick Sertain's son? We're talking about J.C. Horn's son. (laughs) We're talking about Asante Samuel's son. Oh man, Murph, it's rough. It's rough when you start finding players that you uh, you know that you really uh, you know took a liking to in your earlier years, and then all of a sudden now you're looking at their sons playing. Uh, It's tough. It's it's tough, buddy, but uh, no question about it. But I do agree with you. I think the Patriots, if they're going to make a move here, it would probably be in the later rounds. Look, Horn is really starting to uh, ascend a lot of draft boards, and I can yep. see why. He's very aggressive. Uh, he's excellent when it comes to uh, um, uh, to man covering, really, really good in the press. Uh, he played a lot in the slot in 2018, uh, but really he played out wide in 2019, 2020, and I think that's where yep. he's going to be the best fit in the NFL. So he's got that long, that frame that's really built for competing with the X receivers in the NFL. And to me, I think that's where his size, his length, his physicality, that's where he can be really disruptive in press and really ultra competitive at the catch point. That's another thing I'm seeing a lot of with him. So there's a lot to like when you look at the film and there's a lot to like when you look at what he's been able to do at South Carolina, but there's question about missed tackles, which is something that yep. I think Bill Belichick is going to look at and say, hit. well, he doesn't like to wrap yeah, people up. You know, exactly. Took a closer look last night after we decided that this was the way that the show was going to go. And I see a lot of big hits. He loves to hit people. And that's yeah. that's a great thing. But I, I, you know me, man. I, I love yak, and I love to keep people from getting yak. And you, the only way you can do that is from is to wrap people up and drag them to the ground. It's a yeah. key, and it, it's he doesn't do it enough. Not to go, not to not to grab him in the first round. I know, not doing. Yeah. It. No, and I agree with you. I think first round is way too high as well, and I'm not knocking the kid, believe me, because there is a lot to like. You look at footage on this kid, and you're automatically going to be, I was, I was wowed by the physicality, yeah. being competitive at the catch point, disruptive. He's got all of those intangibles, but when you look at why he's missing tackles, um, and again, I want to point out, uh, I want to give a shout out to Evan Lazar, and we spoke offline about this, and we talked about um, him being guilty of kind of guessing when to mirror his routes that can lead to some false steps that can put you behind in your pursuit and trying to tackle and i think that's why you see a lot of missed tackles on film ultimately i think this kid is going to be a really good fit in a zone and press coverage scheme uh one that uses minimal off-man coverage that to me is where this kid struggles so if he can shore that up Good point. That's actually a pretty good comparison uh, from from what I've seen. Brandon Brown, you know, yeah, I mean, yep. Brown is definitely uh, you know one of the standards when you look at that physical thumping type corner. Uh, right. This kid's got a lot of that in him. I think he can be a little bit better of a cover corner with some refinement, but yeah, I do think fifteen is a little bit high for him. So um, it just is. Yeah, it, it more it like mine. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I I'm a very price conscious shopper. And I'm not paying that price for a guy that, you know, may have to come in here and um, and uh, contribute right away. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, that does lead me quite nicely into my last question for you today, buddy, here on Use the Draft Monday with Murph. And uh, you alluded to this a little bit in terms of the safety position. If the Patriots are, in fact, defensive minded in the early goings of this draft and Horn was not the choice here. Do you think that they might still lean cornerback, or who would they look at at the safety position? Who's catching your sharp eye, Murph, to take us home today? 
All right, and this is going to be a pick that is not going to happen early. Um, this is more of a fourth-round pick, but I really like Tyree Gillespie out of Missouri. Um, this this man is is a core special teamer on on this team. He's been a captain on this team for four years. He's somebody that 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 walked on and became a starter. He played for Bloody Missouri. Okay, that's the only thing that that's holding him back is that he played for Missouri. I like him. I, I think he would work great in the, you know, the the two cover um, safety sets that the Patriots like to use a lot, and the the fact that you know with with the kind of offenses that they are continuously having to face right now. Uh, play in. He, he's a great quarters defender. He's he's fantastic down in the box. He's somebody that can handle any tight end on the planet. That's how physical this guy is. Tyree Gillespie out of um, out of Missouri. Look for him in the late third, early fourth round, and I, I think he'd make a fantastic Patriot. Yeah, I agree with you. I like Gillespie as well. Look, I think at this point, you're looking at him being a depth piece coming in early, but I think mm-hmm. has the projection to maybe make that leap to being a starter. Um, a lot of spots, uh, you know, that uh, that he can fill in on in the Patriots roster, one of which is special teams. And I think that's something that endears all of these guys to Bill Belichick. When he looks yep. at a safety or someone that can play, especially at these positions, he looks for special teams contributors. And this kid was a really big contributor on kick coverages. Uh, he's a good tackler. Uh, I think a lot of what you're seeing in terms of the film that you see on him from his time at Missouri shows that he can definitely get in and mix it up. I agree with you. He's going to be better served working as a split safety, not being yep. charged with commanding the entire middle of the field by himself. No, Missouri he, used him a lot. Enough. Yeah, Missouri he's, used he's him a quick, lot. He's quick. He's not fast. Yeah, exactly. And they used him in that single high type coverage. And I don't mm-hmm. think that's where the NFL is going to be a no. fit for him. That's not where he would play if he was drafted by the New England Patriots. But he's a tough physical football player uh, and a team that might need an enforcer on the back end is certainly going to have him circled on their draft board. And you never know, the, the Patriots might have the potential of being able to uh, uh, to bring him in and make him that type of role, especially to cover tight ends which is something that the Patriots have had difficulty with, especially the last two seasons. You know, um, I kind of ran into him while I was, you know, watching other film. And uh, this man shut down Kyle Pitt. Did uh, Schofield see that uh, that footage? I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, I'm sure he uh, did. That was a fantastic double set that you guys did this weekend, by the way. Oh, my God. (laughs) People, go back and listen to that right after you listen to this show today was so nice it required twice the airtime. Uh, I always love sharing the microphone with Mark. He's, he's <laughs> tremendous. And other than him being a friend and a mentor, just a, a great, great uh, you know, guy all around. And uh, you're a pretty good guy yourself, man. Don't sell yourself short. Thank you're you. a tremendous slouch here. I'm on a tremendous slouch. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you know what, Murphy? You're not going to get nothing and like it. Uh, you get the whole shebang because you deserve it. But you lend the wisdom and counsel like no other. You are head of the family here at Locked On Patriots, and we always appreciate it, and we love having you on. Folks, you should already be following this man. But for the benefit of any of our new listeners, and we do have quite a few, especially throughout the course of the last couple of months, please follow my good friend here, the Count of Murphy Fisto himself on Twitter, at TMurph207. Never miss Murph's monster keys. 
few and far between during the offseason, but when he does put the pen to paper, it's always point, click, learn, enrichment material. You become a wiser football fan. You just become a better person by reading this man's stuff. I don't have any hesitation in saying that because it's the truth. And, of course, those are always proudly found on DieHardBostonSportsFans.com and never miss an episode of the One Patriot's Place podcast. Other than this one, of course, my favorite Patriots podcast out there in the Twitterverse. Of course, Murph is the co-host, along with our great mutual friend Steve Balistrieri. And how can we forget the Countess of Class herself, Miss Claire Cooper? Bud, thanks again. Honored and always humbled by your presence. Oh, thank you again, Bud. I, I really appreciate being here. I, um, you know, you... you give me free reign to come in here and, and, and spout what I want, even though it's, it's not what other people are talking about, but trust us, you know, people will be talking about what we talked about today in, in the weeks to come. (laughs) Well, folks, again, uh, I always bring, uh, you know, this man on to bring the wisdom and counsel the way only he can. And you never, ever cease to amaze and you never, ever disappoint. What can I say? Thank you again, buddy. Stay safe, stay well. We look forward to musing the draft here again next week right here on Locked on Murph Monday. Hashtag Locked on Murph Monday, folks. Make it viral. This man deserves it. Have a great week, my friend. Talk to you soon. You too, bud. And so, Patriots fans, we've got you through your Monday, but fear not, because there is still plenty of content left here all week long on Locked On Patriots. So to ensure that you do not miss a single second of the action, download and subscribe to the Locked On Patriots podcast on platforms such as Spotify, Radio.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just make sure you're staying locked in to Locked On Patriots. Once again, my name is Mike DeBate. I thank my good friend Thomas Murphy for his time, his insight, and his appearance on today's pod. But most importantly, I sincerely thank all of you for listening today and for continuing to make Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Until tomorrow, Foxborough faithful, stay safe, stay well, continue to be the change you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone.